The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
Like a brilliant, brilliant star shining in the night light was this love that Ruth had coming out of the dark times of the judges. This Moabite woman, she made a decision. She made a decision to love. It's not easy to make a decision to love sometimes. Sometimes times are very trying. This Moabite woman married one of Elimelech's sons. Elimelech died. Then her brother-in-law died, and she di- and her husband died. Oh, it's difficult. The path for Ruth was not easy. I want you to hear what I'm saying today. It is not easy to sometimes love another person. It takes a decision. I was reviewing in my mind this morning all of the things that have happened as I walk through this life in the last years. And I see very clearly decisions are made. And based on those decisions, things happen. Directions are taken. Actions are taken. Responsibility must be taken for those decisions and those actions. Were they based on love? Love is a decision. Some things that would cause a person to make a decision to love are pushed away and the decision is made to distance. Sometimes there is a depth of understanding, a depth of, of caring in a person's heart that will not allow them to step away, to desert, to run. Love is a choice. It is a decision. And for one person, they will decide yes another person in the same identical circumstances will say no. We have these two Moabite women, Orpha, who is stiff-necked, who will not make the decision to totally, unfailingly love this wonderful woman, Naomi, grace, beauty. She cuts her family ties, She goes back to her original family, pagan, ugly, in the hopes that she can find a man who will marry her and give her a secure place. On the other hand, Ruth has made a decision. She is going to love Naomi. She is going to love her with all of her heart. And so this wonderful vow comes out of this. Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. You see, there's no bitterness in her heart. 
Orpha couldn't make this vow because her, her heart was longing for something other than this love with Naomi. She wanted something else. Oh, she cried tears. There was sadness. There was some sense of closeness and intimacy. But she was unwilling to pay that ultimate price and say, I will love Grace. I will love Naomi. And I will walk with her wherever she walks. Her people will be my people. Listen, your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separate you and me. She knew the Lord. Well, so did stiff-necked Orpha. But stiff-necked Orpha would not care for the Lord sufficiently to go to his land to Bethlehem. She wanted her own world, the world of of paganism. And so there is a separation that takes place on that border on the king's highway. Naomi returns and she says, Don't call me grace. Don't call me beauty. Call me bitter. Call me Mara. I went away full, but I came back empty. The Lord afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. Yes. And now Naomi is going to have to make a decision. Is she going to love Ruth the way Ruth loves her? Is she going to love the Lord the way the Lord loves her? I want you to know today as I share the last part of this story with you. Love is a choice. Anger, bitterness, hardness of heart, that's all a choice too. Jealousy, envy, pride, self-entitlement, those are all decisions too but they take us to very different places. They separate people. They cause anguish and pain in the heart of many. We don't set a boundary, we set a wall. I won't do that anymore. Anger. Well, you just separated Now, you can say, I love you. I have affection for you. But you made a decision not to love. You made a decision to walk away. That's what Orpha decided, to walk away. My heart is always broken by people who decide to walk away from friendship rather than talk about it who would rather walk away than work it out, who would rather walk away because they want something else. We all have that privilege. We're all free. 
We can make decisions. They are decisions for eternity. And then God comes into the picture. So now they're back in Bethlehem, the place of bread. She goes to work in Boaz's field. Boaz really likes her a lot, protects her. Mama steps in and gives some very wise advice to Ruth. She knows Ruth is a great admirer of Boaz. Ruth has made the decision that he is a very honorable and good man. She's likewise very attracted to him. All of this is seen in the eyes. Naomi tells her exactly what to do. Scrub yourself clean. Put on your best dress. Put a little perfume on you. Fix your hair up. Then go down to where Boaz is working. He is threshing the grain. Watch where he lays down to sleep because he'll sleep there. He doesn't want anyone to come and steal his grain. And so he lays down. He's happy. He's in a good mood. She comes in quietly, humbly. No pretense. No sense of entitlement. Humble of heart. She comes in and lays at his feet. Now, there are some of you who want other people to come and lay at your feet. You don't want to lay at somebody else's feet. You want to be the alpha. A single woman said that to me just recently. She said, I'm not going to marry a man and let him be the head of my house. I'm an alpha. He's going to have to be second to me, and he's going to have to have money. I laughed at her. I couldn't help it. I should have cried with her. Such a bitter spirit. Such a hardness of heart. None of that in Ruth. She had made the decision to be a lover. She was not there for what she could get. She was there for what she could give. She was not expecting Naomi, her mother-in-law, to provide for her. She went out instead and went to work to provide for her mother-in-law. She was a giver, a producer, a worker. A beautiful woman who now comes humbly and lays down at Boaz's feet. What an awesome picture of what we must do with Jesus. Oh, what a picture of what we must do. This is a parable. It's not just a love story. It's a parable. It's what we must do with Jesus. If we are going to be in relationship with Jesus Christ, we're going to have to come with no sense of entitlement. We're going to have to lay down at his feet. We're going to have to take a position that I need you, Jesus. I know some of you are very cynical and hard in your heart, and you say, I don't need anybody. I'm fine just the way I am. You haven't made a decision to love, have you? 
you're going to have a very lonely time of it. You're not going to be able to get along with your wife or your husband or your family. You're always going to be bickering and fighting because you haven't made a decision to love. Unfailing love is what the scripture calls this. So in the story, Boaz is awakened, startled, awake. And he finds at his feet a woman. And he in a hushed voice says, Who are you? I am your servant, Ruth. You notice she doesn't say, I am the beautiful woman, Ruth. She is a beautiful woman. But her attitude is not, I'm the princess. No, her attitude is, I'm your servant. She said, spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a kinsman redeemer. The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. This kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You've not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all that you ask. Those are the words we must hear from the heart of Jesus. <laughs> this morning, in the early hours, I was up praying. And one of you, a dear brother in Jesus, a listener, just sent me a a text. Isaiah 41.10. I'm going to turn to it. I want to read this to you. It so encouraged my heart. It was like a drink of fresh water. Listen to what it says. I said, this is God speaking. You are my servant. I have chosen you and have not rejected you. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. It's as though the Lord were speaking personally to me. I heard it clearly in my heart as though God were speaking audibly to me. The scriptures just came alive. It was the voice of Boaz to Ruth, encouraging, loving. You see, Boaz had also made a decision. Regardless of what anyone was going to think or say, he was going to love this beautiful Moabite woman. He was going to lay down his life for her. He was going to risk his inheritance for her. The other kinsman redeemer would not risk his inheritance. But Boaz had a different heart. As he had watched this woman work so hard in the field to take care of, his, of her mother-in-law, 
grace, Naomi. As he watched her and he he heard how she had related to her mother-in-law, his heart began to be drawn to her. Now, it didn't hurt that she was also very beautiful, but that was not the issue. Boaz could have had almost anybody he wanted. He was a very wealthy man, highly respected. But somewhere in his heart, he made a decision to love this woman. I want to tell you, there's something that happens in a man or a woman when they make the decision that they are going to love and serve, be humble before God and before men, submit, not fight for your rights, but follow Jesus and let Jesus fight for your rights. There's something very beautiful about that. Now I know today in our culture, women want to fight for their rights in the church and they want to fight for their rights with men and men want to dominate, they want to control. None of that's of love. That's all of the wicked human spirit. Jesus said he would not entrust himself to them because he knew what was in all men and women. Jesus knows what's in you. And whether he decides to give himself to you or not will depend on whether you're willing to come and lay at his feet and say to him, please, please cover me with your garment. I need you. I need you. I said yesterday, someone said to me, listening to the broadcast, I want Jesus. Several people have said that to me in the last week. I want Jesus. Then go lay at his feet. Confess every sin. Confess every wicked way that you know of. Repent. Turn aside from it and wait on the Lord. And he will come. And he'll put his robe over you. And he'll say, I've chosen you. You're my servant. I'll uphold you. I'll carry you. I'll provide for you. What's so amazing is when you don't have what you need and all you can say to Jesus is, look, Lord, this is where I'm at. This is what I need. And I just trust you. I trust you because I know you're going to uphold me. You're going to carry me. My eyes are upon you, Jesus. He will never let us down. Jesus has never let me down. He has been utterly faithful. And I made the decision to continue just laying at his feet. I love him. One day there's going to be a marriage. And what a day that's going to be. 
I rejoice just to think about it. Clean white garments made of white linen, representing the righteous acts of the saints. Walking with Jesus in glory and power by his blood shed on Calvary's tree. Well, Boaz goes to the town gate. He discovers there the kinsman redeemer that is ahead of him is a selfish man who will not risk his estate. Boaz is more than willing to risk his estate because, to tell you the truth, Ruth, in his heart, is a treasure more than silver or gold. Already his heart loves her. So Boaz announces to the elders and all the people, Today you are witness that I have bought Naomi, all the property of Elimelech, Kilion, and Malion. And I have also acquired Ruth, the Moabitess, Malhan's widow, as my wife, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property. Oh, do you understand? Jesus says, I have acquired you. I have acquired you in order to maintain the name of the dead. He has bought all that you have. He's bought all of your property. He's bought you. He's decided to make you his wife, to love you. Did you catch that? Jesus made a decision to love you. And nothing can turn him aside from that decision to love you. But you can make a decision not to love him, to refuse to go lay at his feet, to refuse to ask him to be your kinsman redeemer. You have that right to reject him and walk away, to go after the younger men, to go after your own lifestyle to go after wealth. <laughs> I'm not much of a catch for any woman because all I have to offer is a life of service to Jesus. And if a woman doesn't want this humble life of service to Jesus, she would never want to be with me because I'm sold out to my kinsman redeemer. Are you? What do you have to offer? What are you offering? Are you laying at the feet of Jesus, offering him everything? Then you can't give it to anybody else. It all belongs to Jesus. They bless. They bless Boaz and they say may you have a home like Rachel and Leah build up the house of Israel may you be famous in Bethlehem through the offspring the Lord gives you by this young woman may your family be like that of Perez whom Tamar bore to Judah you know the story of Perez. 
When he was born, he broke out. They called him Perez because it means I break out. I break out. They're saying, may your family break out for Israel. Lead Israel. So Boaz, he takes Ruth home. And they have a wedding. And then he went to her, and the Lord enabled her to conceive. And she gave birth to a son. And the woman said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a kinsman redeemer. And now speaking about this grandson, may he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons, has given him birth. And Naomi took the child and laid him in her lap and cared for him. And the women living there said, Naomi has a son. And they named him Obed. Now he was the father of Jesse. And Jesse was the father of King David. The blessing is carried out of breaking out King David became the greatest king of Israel. A man whose heart was after God. A man who made the decision that he would love with all of his heart. That he would serve. God humbled him in the desert of Paran. The Lord humbled him by having Saul chase after him. I don't know how many years, seven to ten years. until finally his heart was ready to be king. The Lord could not afford to have another man like Saul who would make the decision not to love, who was utterly selfish and given over to himself. He needed a man who would be willing to go through the fire of being chased through the desert with his life constantly being threatened the pain and the anguish that would humble his heart before Almighty God, David laid before the Lord year after year after year, sometimes bitter of heart, other times coming up to the mark and acknowledging that Jesus was the King of kings and Lord of lords. David was a man after God's heart. Because he was a humble servant. And then in Hebrews, the first chapter, I'll begin reading for you in verse 10. He also says, In the beginning, O Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth. This is Jesus being spoken of. Read the first verses of Hebrews 1, of Colossians 1, First chapter of the gospel of john in the beginning o lord you laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands 
They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe, like a garment that will be changed, but you remain the same. Your years will never end. To which of the angels did God ever say, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Now we must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For if the message spoken by angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard, and God also testified to it by signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, distributed according to His will. He says we must pay more careful attention. And I want to ask you today, what has your attention? Does Jesus, your kinsman redeemer, does he have your full attention? Are you walking out day by day as a humble servant before Jesus? Or is your attention on everything of this world and how you can get ahead and what you need to do to build up your resume of success? Or are you here to love Jesus Christ? I am here to love Jesus Christ. Regardless of what that may cost me, my heart is given to him. Is your heart given to Jesus? Notice, in putting everything under him, this is verse 8, God has left nothing that is not subject to him. Yet at present we do not see everything subject to him. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. No, when we look around in the world today, we don't see Jesus ruling in this world. It looks like the devil's still winning, but it's an illusion. He is not. He is defeated. Jesus overcame him. And now it's being worked out through the church. In bringing many sons to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom all things exist, should make the author of their salvation perfect through suffering. God knows that it's in the fiery furnace that he can come and stand with us. God knows that it's with that eye that doesn't work or that leg that's so sore. God knows that it's in that loss of a job or the death of a wife or a husband. God knows that it's in the painful anguish of broken relationship, of being rejected, that we finally are willing to turn to Jesus and be perfected through our suffering. 
Verse 11, this is Hebrews 2.11, both the one who makes men holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers. Women, he's calling you a brother too. In the scriptures, there's no, there's no curse left on a man or a woman. We are brought into the presence of Jesus. We are loved by him. We are cared for by him. We are carried by him. And Jesus is not ashamed to call you family. He is your kinsman redeemer. He says, I will declare your name, that is, I will declare the name of God to my brothers. In the presence of the congregation, I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, here I am and the children God has given me. Now, what distinguishes these men and women as children of God? They've been willing to endure the suffering. They've been willing to lay down at the feet of Jesus and submit to him and trust him. They've been willing to walk through the fire. They made a decision to love, and they're not going to turn back from that decision to love Jesus. They're not going to walk away. They're going to humble their heart. They're going to repent. That's what marks the people that Jesus is calling the children that God has given me. Pride, arrogance, bitterness, lying, cheating, fornicating, pornography, coarse joking. I talked to some Christians and their language is so rude and so crude. And they say, that's just how I am. Well, of course that's just how you are, but that's not how you're supposed to be. And if you'll let Jesus love you, you will be refined, and the cursing will go, and the angry, bitter thoughts will no longer be in your heart. As you lay at the feet of Jesus, he will remove all of that garbage from you, and you will come forth refined. Reese Howells, in his book, actually written by Norman Grubb, Reese Howells, the intercessor, he says, after he was filled with the Holy Spirit, the world looked so crude and ugly to him. I know what he means. Cursing and swearing, dirty jokes, harsh judgments, angry outbursts. These are all signs that you have not had sufficient time laying at the feet of Jesus yet. And if you've gotten up and you've run off and you've said, oh, I'm a Christian, but you're filled with the wickedness and filth of this world, you're not a Christian yet. Many on that day will say, Lord, Lord, did we not accomplish these many great things for you? And he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. Why didn't he know them? Because they never spent the time laying at the feet of Jesus. They were unwilling to wait upon him. That's why I ask, have you laid at the feet of Jesus? Have you repented of all known sin? Have you repented of all 
wicked ways. Have you made a decision that you will serve the Lord God Almighty and you will not turn back from him, but you will walk humbly before the Lord? You will let go of your cynicism and your anger, your judgments, your accusations. You will humble your heart and say, how can I serve? What a sweet congregation it is when people are no longer willing to be bitter and angry with one another. They're no longer willing to bite one another. When they will receive honest reproof. When they will say, I love Jesus. And therefore I love my brothers and sisters. And we are family. Since the children have flesh and blood, this is verse 14, Hebrews 2, verse 14, he too shared in their humanity. Jesus actually became a man. He dwelled among us. By his death, that he might destroy him who holds the power of death. Jesus died on Calvary to destroy the works of the devil, First John. Now Hebrews is telling us, the Apostle Paul writing in Hebrews is telling us that by his death he destroyed the one who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives have have been held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. We are the descendants of Abraham. If we have received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. For this reason, he had to be made like his brothers in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God. What does he do as a high priest? He ministers not the blood of bulls and goats. He ministers his own precious blood in the heavenly tabernacle. And that heavenly blood in the heavenly tabernacle, that sacred blood, does not just cover over our sins. It removes our sins. It forgives our sins. It justifies us. It makes us in reality righteous. It gives us a clean and pure heart. Do you have a pure heart today? If not, you need time at the feet of Jesus. You need to go and humble your heart before him and lay there in his presence and ask him to give you a pure heart, a clean heart. A heart of love and mercy and compassion for others, but also for Jesus. These things only come about by time spent alone with Jesus in the prayer closet, reading the scriptures, crying out to him, submitting to the work of the Holy Spirit. And I got up this morning and it was dark and dreary and it wasn't daylight yet. And my heart was so discouraged. That's why I was so grateful for this dear brother who sent me this Isaiah passage, 41.10. 
the promise that God will not leave us or forsake us, that he's chosen us, that we are precious in his sight, that he will uphold us, that he will carry us. I don't care what the problems are you're facing today. I'm facing many that I don't have any answers for. I don't have any solutions for. But I know who holds those solutions. And I know who holds my future. And my eyes are on him. And I'm spending every day in his presence, waiting upon him, trusting him, loving him. But more important than all of that, I'm letting him love me. (laughs) Does that astonish you? I am utterly astonished that Jesus could love a man like me. I am just, I am blown away. I don't know how to even talk about it. If I talk very much, I'll begin to weep. His mercy, his kindness. Rescuing out of the depths of the world. What an awesome gift. For surely it's not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he's made like his brothers in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, that he might make atonement for sins of the people, because he himself suffered when he was tempted. He's able to help those who are being tempted. Jesus is there for you. You are not on your own. Now the question is, Will you decide to be a lover or a lever? Will you love Jesus? Will you love his people? Or are you going to go and create your own reality in your own way and mark out your own path and trust in your own ability and your own skill? Or will you love Jesus? with all your heart, with all your soul. Will you love Jesus? Are you a lover? Or are you a lever? Let's pray. Almighty God, our Father who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses. Even as we forgive others who trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil.
for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Lord, thank you. I ask that your will would be accomplished in the listener, in every one of our listeners. To those who have come before you today, humble of heart, perhaps even broken of heart, who've come before you sick, suffering. For those who are coming with broken relationships, husbands or wives walking out. For those who come wondering, does God love me? Has he forsaken me? O Lord, would you put your arms around every person listening and would you whisper to them, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You are mine and I will uphold you. I've chosen you. Lord, thank you. I pray today that your mercy will be poured out for each person that the circumstances of their life would not be under the power of the devil or in the control of demonic presence. I pray, Lord, that every person listening now, we just tear down every stronghold that has set itself up against them, and we ask for their deliverance. Lord, I ask for the deliverance of every person listening right now to this radio or to this internet or cell phone. Lord, would you minister now? Would you guide our path? Would you make it plain before us, Jesus? For we need you. Mighty God, we need you. I plead today, Jesus, for your presence. I plead for America. I plead for our president. I ask, Lord, that you would move in President Trump's heart and draw him fully into the kingdom of God. I ask the same for each congressman and each senator. I pray for the leaders of this nation that they would turn from evil and seek righteousness. I pray for the mothers who are thinking about aborting their babies Lord, would you not let them go any deeper into wickedness by murdering their babies? Lord, I pray for each homosexual man, each lesbian woman, that they would see and know your love and come out of that despicable lifestyle and humble their hearts and lay before you in repentance. Lord, I pray for the salvation of sinners today. I pray that you will convict and change the direction of their lives. And Lord, I also have to pray now for the peace of Jerusalem. I pray that you will bless the government of Israel and the people of Israel. Lord, when I visited that nation, I felt more at home in Jerusalem than any place I've ever been in my life. It is my city too. And I pray, Lord, I pray your peace and your protection for the Jewish people. And I ask, Almighty God, 
that you would break their hearts and convert their souls, that they would receive their Messiah and no longer turn in wickedness. Lord, Tel Aviv is such a wicked, wicked city. And there are many other cities in Israel. Lord, send your spirit and change their hearts. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Well, you've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenlee. I pastored the National Prayer Chapel in Woodbridge, Virginia. I ask if the Lord prompts you, would you help us with finances? Summer is such a tough time. Many people are away. Would you write to me? The National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. God bless you. Jesus.